Well, good morning, and thank you for joining us both in person and for all of you that are online. I'd like to wish a blessed Father's Day to all the fathers and grandfathers out there who gave us life and formed us. I'd also like to wish all Americans a very happy Juneteenth, the day in which we commemorate the abolition of slavery here in the United States. My name is Beth Paolo, and I'm a member here at King of Kings, and I'll be leading us in worship here today as Pastors Dave and Kelsey return back home from North Dakota uh, as they were uh, leading a, a wedding. Um, I'm certainly very blessed, feel very blessed to be in your presence here today. We will be celebrating Holy Communion this morning. So hopefully all of you received a communion cup on your way in. If you did not, raise your hand. And for those of you who are at home, now's a good time to get some bread and wine or uh, grape juice, um, as we will be celebrating Holy Communion after the sermon today. Uh, a few announcements for this morning. Just a heads up, next Sunday we'll have a presenter who will be kicking us off in worship, sharing with us a ministry in which he is a part of, um, which provides clean drinking water to communities and third world nations. Uh, we'll be collecting a free will donation for those of you that are uh, willing to support or would like to support this work. Um, also, for those of you who have 7th through 12th graders or know of 7th through 12th graders, we have a very full summer schedule of fun events planned. Um, all of that information is uh, available on our website, uh, and I know that all young people are welcome, so be sure to check that out. Um, also, if you are new uh, and uh, visiting us here this morning, um, we ask you to please stop by the, the table out there by the fridge in the entryway uh, so we can give you a special welcome gift. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, we bring before you the cries of a sorrowing world. In your mercy, Set us free from the chains that bind us and defend us from everything that is evil through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, and all of God's people say, Amen. Please be seated. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Please, let me share a story with you. I first heard this story around a campfire up at Stony Lake Lutheran Camp about a dozen years ago. It was acted out by a group of camp counselors, but it went something like this. A terrible storm fell upon a small lakeside town. It was going to be bad, and local officials sent out an emergency warning that the banks would soon overflow and flood the nearby homes. They ordered everybody out of the town to evacuate immediately. The waters rushed in quickly, and a man was stuck on the rooftop in the flood. He was panicked. So he decided to pray to God for help. 
Soon, a teenager in a rowboat came by, and the young man saw the man on the roof, and he shouted, Jump in! I can save you! The stranded fellow shouted back, No! No, it's okay! I'm praying to God, and God is going to save me. So the rowboat rowed on. The waters were getting deeper. Soon, a motorboat came by, and the woman in the motorboat shouted, Jump in! I can save you! To this, the stranded man said, No thanks. I'm praying to God, and God is going to save me. I have faith. So the motorboat went on. Then a helicopter came by, and the pilot shouted down, Here, grab this rope, and I will lift you to safety. To this, the stranded man again replied, No thanks. I'm praying to God, and God is going to save me. I have faith. So reluctantly, the helicopter flew away. Soon the water rose above the rooftop, and the man drowned. He went to heaven. Finally, the man got the chance to discuss this whole situation with God, at which point he exclaimed, God, I had faith in you, but you didn't save me. You let me drown. I don't understand why. And to this God replied, Oh, my child, I sent you a warning. A rowboat, a motorboat, and a helicopter. What more did you expect? <laughs> so I laughed the first time I heard that story. <laughs> but it was later on that evening when I was debriefing this story with a small group of confirmation students around the campfire, that I was told after I asked what that story was about by a very, 12, a very wise 12-year-old said to me, God doesn't just say he's going to be with us. God actually does it, and he is with us. We just need to be more observant sometimes. I loved this, not only because it's very true, but also because teaching with words and actions is indeed the best kind of teaching. So, without a doubt, today's gospel lesson is about many things, and it for sure has a lot to do with faith. This reading is often referred to as the faithful centurion but I do think it's about a lot more. But first, let's read. From the Gospel of St. Luke, the seventh chapter, verses 1 through 10. After Jesus had finished all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. A centurion there had a slave whom he valued highly and who was ill and close to death. When he heard about Jesus, he sent some Jewish elders to him, asking him to come and heal his slave. When they came to Jesus, they appealed to him earnestly, saying, He is worthy of having you do this for him, for he loves our people, and it is he who built our synagogue for us. And Jesus went with them. 
But when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to say to Jesus, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you, but only speak the word and let my servant be healed. For I also am a man set under authority, with soldiers under me, and I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and the slave does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him, and turning to the crowd that followed him, Jesus said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. When those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the slave in good health. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, this certainly is a great story. And like many stories told in Luke, is told in quite a journalistic fashion. It provides us with the clear who. Jesus, a Roman centurion, a group of Jewish elders, friends of the centurion, and a dying slave. The what? The centurion's slave is ill and close to death, and a group of Jewish elders are appealing to Jesus on behalf of the centurion to heal the slave. The win, this is happening as Jesus was returning to his hometown after being on the road teaching. The where, Jesus' hometown of Capernaum, and the how, Jesus listened. He spoke the words, and the slave was healed without even seeing them. But to gain a better understanding of the why, context is very important. Now, we know that this story is happening very early in Jesus' ministry. In the chapter prior, Luke 6, Luke shares with us the story of Jesus calling his disciples. We learn that Jesus has been teaching and performing miracles and has just delivered what is known as the Sermon on the Plain in Luke, the sharing of blessings and woes, a version of the Beatitudes that we heard and have read in Matthew. Crowds are really listening to Jesus and following him, like literally walking behind him and following him as he travels. Here in the time right before our gospel today, Jesus also imparts this wisdom. The foundation of what we've all come to know is the golden rule. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Jesus also shares wisdom about judging others and about forgiveness. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. These are some of Jesus's major teachings. So in the very first verse of our reading today, when we hear, after Jesus had finished all his sayings in the hearing of the people, these are the sayings that Luke is referring to. These are some rather significant words. And then the lesson continues, sharing an amazing story. 
Okay, for the record, I really don't use the word amazing very much. I think it has become overused and really has lost some power. Because if everything is amazing, how can anything be amazing? But as a form of this word was used to describe Jesus in this reading, I wanted to gain some clarity. So I checked the Webster Dictionary online, and it defines amazing as an adjective to mean causing a strong emotional reaction because of unexpectedness or causing wonder or astonishment. So when I say this lesson shares an amazing story, this is what I mean. Some rather surprising things are happening here. So what's so amazing? Well, there is the obvious one. It is amazing that Jesus heals a slave who is ill and actively dying, one whom he never meets, never sees, let alone touches, just by willing that servant to be well. That is a miracle, and it is amazing. It is amazing that a Roman centurion is distraught and troubled about a dying slave. Centurions did not have a reputation of being the nice guys, and slaves were some of the lowest and most marginalized people in society, and so easily replaced. By title alone, we know the centurion has at least a hundred soldiers and slaves below him. He is a man who yields much power and authority, and yet he cares so deeply, loves even this lowly slave, so much so that he is desperate to receive the healing and life-giving power of Christ. This is amazing. It's amazing that a group of Jewish elders are the one advocating for the centurion's request to Jesus. I mean, the Romans are actively persecuting the Jewish people at this point in time, and here a group of Jewish elders are telling Jesus what a generous and benevolent man this centurion is, that this man built their synagogue and loves his people. They tell Jesus he deserves this miracle to happen for him, that this centurion is deserving. This is amazing. It is amazing that Jesus is really even listening. And when the centurion is thinking just about that, I'm quite certain, as he sends some friends to say, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you, but only speak the word and let my servant be healed. Now, this is really amazing. As this centurion, not a Jew, not a follower of Jesus, and surrounded by peers who are the literal enemy of the Jewish people, is acknowledging the life-giving power of Jesus Christ and showing a very, very unexpected level of humility. This centurion has faith, truly believes that Jesus can and will heal his slave by Jesus's will alone. At this level of faith from this man is really, really amazing. So much to Jesus that he stops, turns to the crowds who have gathered, and shares this, 
shares this with all who are following him. But I believe there is also another really powerful lesson here. One that as Christians, we need to remember all the time. And that is while Jesus's words and instructions to us are very important, words without actions mean very little. Now, there wouldn't have been much of a lesson here if after Jesus told us not to judge others, he would have said to those Jewish elders, are you crazy? Don't you know what they say about centurions? They hate us. He doesn't deserve a miracle. But Jesus listens to the words of the elders, feels the compassion and the respect that they hold for the centurion, and Jesus does not pass judgment. Or there wouldn't have been much of a lesson if after Jesus tells us to love our enemies, he goes on to scoff and laugh in the faces of his, the centurion's friends when they approached him and say, you are my enemy. You are trying to hurt me and God's people. I'm not going to help you. But Jesus does not see this centurion as his friends as enemies, rather as people who love and care for not only this dying slave, but the entire Jewish community. Jesus sees the centurion as a beloved sibling. Or there certainly would not have been much of a lesson and not much hope for us sinners at all if Jesus didn't forgive and listen and show us that even the unlikely, this non-Jewish Roman centurion could develop a great faith and is worthy of Christ's favor. But Jesus did Listen, and what a lesson of hope that is for us all. If this centurion can develop such faith, then I, the imperfect one, the ever-sinning one, can too. Yes, this gospel text has many surprising things that happen. But the why of the who, what, when, where, how, why retelling really isn't surprising at all. Over and over in the gospel stories, this one for certain. Jesus practiced what he preached. Jesus lived his life and ultimately died and rose again as an example for us. And I believe it was very intentional and really important for Jesus to show his followers right then, at that moment, that words alone, even his, are just not adequate. That wise 12-year-old from camp was really spot on when they shared with our post-campfire group, God doesn't just say he is going to be with us. God actually does it and is with us. We just need to be more observant sometimes. It is true. Jesus didn't just talk. Jesus acted. And it is our call as Christians and as followers of Jesus Christ to be observant and follow his lead each and every day of our lives. Please pray with me. Amazing God, you teach us so much. Help us to be observant to see you and hear you in our daily lives. Help us to be your hands and feet in the world, using your son as a guide Thank you for sharing your words, but even more for showing us your example 
over and over again. We love you. And all of God's people say, Amen. United in Christ and guided by the Spirit, we pray for the church, the creation, and all in need. At the end of each prayer, I'll say, Lord, in your mercy, please respond with, hear our prayer. Let us pray. Holy God, you hear the cries of those who seek you. Equip your church with evangelists who reveal the continuous call of your outstretched hands and your promises of a home in you. Lord, in your mercy, hear prayer. You hear the cries of the earth. Restore places where land, air, and waterways have been harmed. Guide us to develop and implement sources of energy and food production that do not destroy the earth. Lord, in your mercy. You hear the cries of those who are marginalized or outcast. On this Juneteenth observant, the day we commemorate the abolition of slavery in the U.S., guide us continually toward the end of oppression in all its forms. We ask you to bring true freedom and human flourishing to all of your beloved children. Lord, in your mercy. You hear the cries of those who suffer. Come to the aid of all who are homeless, naked, hungry, and sick. And for those we name now, either silently or out loud. Bring peace to anyone experiencing mental illness, that they can clearly recognize your loving presence. Lord, in your mercy. You hear the cries of those who celebrate and the cries of those who grieve on this Father's Day. Nurture mutual love and tender care in all relationships. Comfort those for whom this day brings sadness or longing. Lord, in your mercy. Since we have such great promises in your in you, O oh God, we lift these and all our prayers to you in confidence and pray, faith as we pray the prayer your Son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I now invite you to take out your communion kits. And for those at home to get your bread and wine or juice ready as we prepare ourselves to receive the gifts of Jesus. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks. He broke it 
and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. The body of Christ given for you. And again, after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks and he gave it to all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this for the remembrance of me. The blood of Christ shed for you. People of God, may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you today and keep you in God's grace. And all of God's people say, Amen. And finally, today, we ask for your financial support. None of the ministries and life-giving work that God does through King of Kings is possible without your help. Every little bit makes a profound difference in how we care for God's people. And we are so grateful for your generosity. And now may you receive this blessing. The God of peace, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit bless you, comfort you, and show you the path of life this day and always. Amen. Go in peace. Share the good news. Thanks be to God.